Welcome to The Conversation. This is Christy. And hi, I'm Gretchen. This is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 38, where we are getting real about grief and loss during the COVID-19 pandemic. I feel like that's an interesting topic for us to have because everything about the pandemic has been grief and loss. So I've been talking a lot to people about what is the spiral of grief and all of the emotions that you go through and the anger, the disappointment, the depression, the shock, all of it. And then when you add another loss on top of that, you're, you're kind of grieving on steroids almost. Well, I think it's really important to help people realize that like, clearly we have losses that we are aware of. Like when someone that we love passes away or we lose a job or we lose a pet or something like that. We're like, yes, clearly that's a loss. And a lot of times we only identify those things as losses. Mm -hmm. And maybe what we identify as like, oh, it's just a change. It actually is a loss. And sometimes they can be listed. Well, you're adjusting to something new. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, And it might be something that's going away. And so all of those things are losses. So especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, because there have been so many public health measures that have been put in place to slow or stop the spread, we have had people lose jobs or reduction in hours of jobs, loss of money, loss of recreation, things that they were used to doing, loss of social support. And it's been really isolating. And I think Mm -hmm. that if anyone prior to this pandemic has ever experienced a loss, we all know what it feels like to be isolated within our grief because mm-hmm. other people don't understand. And so- A hundred percent. And I love using that analogy of, it would be as if somebody cuts their finger at a dinner party and people are like, go in the other room. Other people are uncomfortable. No, we know how to administer yes. first aid. When it comes to first aid for emotional healing and wellness, we are awful. Like you can speak culturally as a society, like we're terrible. It's like, oh, they need to go be with themselves or they need to go and do this. And, And they'll come back when they're ready. And a lot of people that I've worked with through grief work and counseling is that Initially, people will be there because they feel maybe obligated. Like, yeah. well, I have to show up right. and I have to or say Or I know what thing. I can do right now. Right. Yes. But then it's like a very stark fall off when it's like when people don't know what to say. They don't feel like they're going to help the situation. They feel uncomfortable themselves. Yeah. So they avoid it. And so then people are further isolated. So I think that that's sometimes a reason why people reach out for additional mental health services which is great but also we need our friends we need our family we need people to like be sitting with us and just saying this sucks i don't have the answers but like i'll sit through it with you and i think that's something that's really hard right now because one of the big things that is helpful dealing with grief and loss is it's not it's nothing that is spoken it is i'll just i'll come over and i'll sit with you i'll spend time with you and a lot of that has been interrupted because of the pandemic that we're in we're socially isolating so people who or i'll sit with you on zoom well how much is that like when i'm sobbing and crying and i just need a hug i just need a hug Mm -hmm. i have someone who actually lost a very important person in their life in january Mm -hmm. right before the pandemic hit and as soon as this happened I immediately was like, I reached out to them and I was like, 
are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> and it has been really hard because mm-hmm. they are still grieving the loss of this very important person and completely isolated. And it has been, and they have said, it is so hard when all you need is someone to just hug you. Yeah. That's all you need. And there is no one to be able to do mm-hmm. that. It's such a compounded issue. You know, right. like, yeah, me, like you said, it's hard already in the society that mm-hmm. we live in and in the world that we live in to get the support that we need when we're dealing with grief and loss. But now we have an added. Right. Well, and look at what grief and loss look like for people who lost somebody early on in the pandemic and who knows what's going to happen like coming up. So I have a client who's early 20s. It's her grandmother was dying and her and her father were not able to go sit by her side because I mean, this was like in March, like at the end of March. So it was all the way up until the very end when she was in a hospice, she wasn't with it anymore. And so people are losing that time to like sit and transition with people. Right. And to be with their loved ones or to be on a Skype call because they are in the hospital and they have COVID and, I think it's so easy to, I know personally one person who has lost her mother to COVID, but I feel like most people that I know don't know somebody who's died from it. So I think that that also lets people be like, well, I don't know about like how serious is it. They get to be a little, I think, flippant about, is it really that serious? Right. I know. So one of my clients, her husband's grandfather passed away from it. Um, ravaged his lungs. So Mm -hmm. he recovered. Like by the time he died, he no longer tested positive for COVID-19, but the damage that it did to his lungs ended his life. Yeah. And then the same thing happened to a dear friend of one of my cousin, uh, cousins. She, her father passed away because of COVID-19. He had other health issues. He was older, Mm -hmm. but it was the damage from the COVID-19 disease virus that prevented him from recovering fully Mm. and he passed away from it as well but like you said not so there's losses specifically from this virus and i can't even imagine being someone who has lost a loved one to this virus and then hearing people go around being like it's not that serious it's fake it's a hoax it's It's a hoax it's all this kind of stuff there are people out there that are losing their lives and that are leaving behind family members and friends that are devastated And next level, like I'm sure we'll do another podcast about this, is the caregivers that are giving care to these people who are suffering from Mm. trauma because of that. One person that I know in particular that was working in the hospitals, Mount Sinai in New York, said that it was like a war zone, that there were hospital beds lined in every hallway and that every 15 minutes the code blue sirens would go off and they couldn't get the equipment. I get chills just talking about it. They couldn't get the equipment fast enough from one person to another and so people would just die and it's like this is a stark reality or people who were calling 911 and died in their apartments before the ambulance could get there so they were starting to have like makeshift grave sites for them i mean this is a reality and it's so easy to be like that isn't my lived reality so maybe it was bad or it's not that bad i feel like as this happened it was like Oh, that's Italy. Oh, that's New York. Oh, that and that's That's somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Well, but isn't that a great parallel to the experience of grief and loss, even outside of the pandemic? Like I've talked before about I lost my mother when I was 15 years old. And I feel like 
that was the experience. Like, well, sucks for you. But like, that's right. your lived experience. So right. that's what I feel like is happening now. Like there are people that are just like, well, sorry you died from yeah. COVID-19. Well, sucks for you. Didn't happen here. You know, like it didn't happen to me. So I don't have a way to relate to that. And it's well, really and if you hard. Think about the amount of people. So I was looking at like what in a tremendous impact 9-11 had on us. And we were in college. Like yes. I know you're not that far off of my No, age. I was a junior in so college. So I remember everything, like where I was, what happened, yes. what my how my teachers responded, how like all of the things. And um I was like, oh my gosh, surely this is like a comparable number. And when I Googled it, it was like... Not even close. 2,200 people versus 200,000 people, which is where we're at and still counting. Still counting. And so it's almost unbelievable to wrap your head around to be like that many people. And Well, and I, I wonder in comparing, you know, bringing up 9-11, I feel like I'm sure the people that lived in New York that were really hit the most by that... Um, 9-11? Yeah, by 9-11, by that situation, probably for New York. Well, I mean, again, Jesus. But we're probably feeling a very, like, a loss of freedom or a loss of safety in that sense. And now that's something that I think not only our country is experiencing, but the world is experiencing. We're all experiencing, we're all grieving the loss of our freedom. We're grieving the loss of our ability to connect with people in the way that we want to. It's wonderful that we have technology these days that allows us to Zoom and Skype and video call and do online school and to somehow maintain some connection. Mm -hmm. But it is not what we're used to. Like we weren't all doing this all the time before. And so if you're wondering like, wow, like I'm, I'm hanging out with my friends still, like we're doing zoom calls or we're having game nights or we, I attended my friend's wedding because I, they did a zoom call for it. It's, it's not the same. It is a loss and it's palpable. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of people deal with all of those grief emotions differently yeah. And so that's a, it's important for people who are grieving to tell people around them what they need. And it's difficult sometimes to be like, oh, I need some help. I need some support. People have the right to say no if they can't do that. But I think that it's really, it is hard as someone who is going through grief right. to constantly reach out and to feel bad. Right. We talked about it before in like previous Mm -hmm. podcasts, like you get that guilt. Oh, but, or burden. I don't want to feel like I'm burdening anybody, but truthfully, nobody knows what you need unless you say it. And if you're still struggling, you need to share with people that you're still struggling. If you're having a hard time, you need to say that. It could be anything. So I'll use a personal example. I have a very good friend who you know as well, who unfortunately suffered the tragic tragic loss of her boyfriend through the mental health system and i told her and i love like living through this with somebody who isn't a client of mine because it helps to give me that kind of perspective to say okay wait a minute i want to be here for you Mm. let me be here for you in the way that i can and she was like actually my therapist isn't so much of a grief guy so come to find (laughs) out (laughs) she's like i'm getting more from my friends and i was like if there is one one piece of advice I could give to you, it would be you have the right to change your mind at any second. Yes. And don't feel guilty about it. Be like, 
hey, I think I need a hang tonight. I think I need somebody who will go to the store with me. I think I need somebody. And then you reserve the right to cancel that. At any Absolutely. T- and to be like, I'm really not feeling it. Because yep. you don't know. We can't make... We're not going to pe- know how we're going to feel in any moment. And even if you're not dealing with like a, an additional grief and loss during this pandemic, it's like, no, you have the right to be like, that's... Maybe that was a good idea before, but it's I'm not, not feeling it anymore. Exactly. And that's that's so important what you said is maybe you're not dealing with, well, no one died or I didn't lose my job. But irregardless, we are all dealing with grief and loss. There have been some really great articles that have been posted since the start of this pandemic about the impact and what you're feeling is grief. Right. What you are dealing with is the loss of, like we said before, the loss of your freedom, the loss of safety. I said, I made a post a couple weeks ago on my Instagram that was just like, I was feeling, and I still to this day feel this way a lot of times, feeling very lost. Yeah. I feel very lost. Mm-hmm. I have lots of ups and downs. And that's what grief is. There are mm-hmm. moments where like one moment you can be really enjoying the company of someone and laughing and having a good time. And the next moment be so down or mm-hmm. angry or disconnected or I just want to be alone mm-hmm. and have so many ups and downs. And it's like, what is wrong with me? Nothing right. is wrong with you. Right. We're dealing with grief and we're dealing with the loss of the life that we had prior to all of this. Correct. And that's so important to recognize and if you are dealing with like the grief and loss of a loved one and somebody very close to you i just want to say my heart breaks because i tell people all the time like can life just stop there's a right can we have a pause button like let's not get that cancer diagnosis let's not have this person die but life keeps going but it happens and it is yeah it's part of that life cycle and you know, in speaking with my friend, she said, you know, I handle this good. Maybe they can come back. And it's just like, ugh, that just breaks my heart because it's that yeah. that day-to-day struggle of like, I just miss this person so very much. Yeah. And I know like her reaching out to me one night was like, I am feverishly going through all of their social media, going through all of their emails, trying to find something, trying to find a, an answer or something. And it's just like our brain there is lets none. us think, if you figure this out, it won't hurt as much, but it hurts so much. Yeah. And what you're really doing is running away from that yes. by distracting yourself. But sometimes, guess what? You need that distraction. So... Be in touch with people who you trust who can monitor that. And well, be like, I think there's the difference between distraction where it's healthy and a distraction and where it pulls you back in. Like right. you're saying, your friend being like, I'm searching for this answer. It's almost creating more pain for herself. Mm-hmm. Or the people who will uh, think to themselves, if only I had done this, if I had done this, if mm-hmm. I had said that, if I had been there if I had not done this if I had stopped by one more time if I'd given one like would that have made a difference and like you said it derails the healing process Mm -hmm. it keeps us focused more on how I could have prevented this and how I might have been to blame right as opposed to just no judgment it is what it is we can't go back and change anything Mm -hmm. as much as we desperately want to Mm -hmm. but we have to be able to accept at some place that this loss did happen 
and and deal with the emotion that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sometimes that emotion is so overwhelming that we do need to numb and distract from it. Mm-hmm. What I would say is that distracting by digging into yeah. more of the loss probably just causes more unnecessary pain. Absolutely. Because... It allows you to sit in that. You know what I mean? And you're not like getting any space from it. So my recommendation in that case, if you're dealing with this type of loss and you do have access to like other devices or something from, because it's weird now, right? Like people still have active Facebook pages and, Mm -hmm. and so to give yourself literally physical space from that. And for her, I said, that's his laptop. Put it in your car. Put it away. In the garage. Yes. Where you do, because it's a compulsive thing. It's a, we've called it on the podcast before, pain shopping. Yes. Like, I want to look. Right. And I know that this is not going to be good, but I'm going to do it anyway. And we're just covering ourselves too much in all of that pain. It's not helpful. Correct. Yeah. Well, and also too, like, there, there are aspects of grief that I think we all think are normal. Um, if anyone has heard about the five stages of grief from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, which are, I feel like she did a disservice, but not, not with the stages, but with the linear. Well, this is why, which isn't part. I actually took a course in death and dying in grad school. And yeah. And one of the things that we talked about was her writing those stages were actually for people who were trying to process their own death. Oh. Yeah. And then when you think about that, it all say, goes into place, doesn't it? That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. It is not that for... That it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is not for the people who survive the people who, who pass away. So if I'm Your dying... Right. Death. I mm-hmm. am, you know, contracted illness or I'm dying of old age, I go through the five stages of grief. Grief stages are not linear. They are stratified. So we will bounce all around and go through all of these different stages. We call it the caring place, the spiral. It is a spiral. Because it comes back. Yep. And you keep going through. mm -hmm. And it's like a tornado. You get thrown back up to the top and you fall back down. And Yeah, absolutely. And you have to be careful about the things that derail you from that healing process. We do have to experience what we experience. And so some of that, like we talked about... um, maybe focusing too much on like the should have, should have, could have, would have kind of stuff. But also I think things like protesting the death, like just being angry so much at it, right? Anger we know is a masking emotion. Mm -hmm. It's a safe emotion and it's safe to show, but there's a lot of pain underneath that really just needs to be experienced. And so we have to be careful about that kind of stuff. Um, Losing faith, I think Mm -hmm. is difficult. Losing faith in yourself, losing faith if you are spiritually minded or connected to any religion. I know when I lost my mother, we were raised Roman Catholic and it wasn't super strong, but it was enough that like it had been drilled pretty much into my mind. And I remember being insanely angry at Mm -hmm. God. Like this makes no sense. I don't understand why a 15-year-old needs to lose her mother. Right. Like, I do. I still don't understand it. I don't understand what it meant. And I think a lot of times I try to find meaning in that. Like, mm-hmm. why? Or even, like, for you, like, losing your husband. Like, the loss of your marriage. Like, why did I need to go through that? What mm-hmm. is that supposed to teach me? And I think a lot of times we think that, like, grief is supposed to be a teachable moment. And it doesn't have to be that. No. And... 
there isn't oftentimes sense that we can make out of grief and out of loss. And that can be really hard when people will say that, like, oh, well, this is teaching you something. <laughs> or, or this is going to make you stronger. They're in a better place. This all happened for a reason and all of that. I.e. these are the worst things you can say to somebody grieving. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Because also like whether it's somebody who died or somebody whose relationship didn't work out. It doesn't matter. Like I feel horrible and nothing, no words are going to take that away. Nope. Presence will help me, help guide me through it. Holding space. Again, Mm -hmm. like we want to put everything on a fast track and we want to be like, okay, this is going to take that. Like you said in the earlier podcast, give me a date. Yes. Okay. By this date, you're going to be good or you're going to understand <laughs> I why <wish>. this happened. <laughs> right. It's been, let's see, 15 and I'm 39. So it's been 24 years since my mother passed away. And there are still moments that are insanely difficult. Like, it just doesn't matter. Well, and like you said, what sense does that make for a 15-year-old? And what sense does that make for a young mother to miss all all of her children's everything? Literally everything. Because I was 15, my older sister was 20, and my younger sister was 12. So she saw none of us get married. She saw none of us have children. She saw... Like, she... I mean, people always say, she's looking down on you. And it is really nice sometimes to hear that. And there are people that knew my mother that when they will say things to me like, I see her in you, or she would be so, I'm getting like choked up now. She would be so proud of the woman that you are today or of the mother that you are today or things like that. Those are things that are really meaningful. Mm -hmm. Like if you knew the person who passed, and you have memories, you have kind words that you can share about that person to the people, to the people who have survived them. That is really, really meaningful. And that's so important because so many people don't real. I don't want to upset them. Like, right. no, those memories keep them. What you're like, I'm upset either way. FYI, right. like whether you How, mention it or not, it's upsetting. What is a crazy thing she did <laughs> when you were in college, or like the, like you know what yeah, I mean? Just anything. Like, tell me your experience of my person and the the stories we talk about at the caring well, place. The stories yes. keep people alive. Well, and especially because when we're dealing with grief again, whether it's the loss of a person or the loss of any any type of loss, the emotion surrounding the loss clouds our mind and Mm -hmm. it makes it really hard for us to remember. It makes us hard to remember that person or that job or time before the pandemic or right. Like anything other than what I'm experiencing right now, which is emotionally overwhelming. And so to be able to say, do you remember when you did this with this person? Or do you remember before the pandemic when we did this? Or do you remember with your job or with this or your pet, whatever it might be, yeah. You know, like, do you remember that kind of thing? Those things can be really helpful. I do understand that mentality of, I don't want to upset them. Trust me, they're already upset. Right. You being like, hey, how are it's you doing? You I getting, know that this loss is hard for you. You getting uncomfortable with yes. them being upset in your presence, and that's not that big of a deal. Say that again, though, because it's the uncomfortable. Are you able to deal with your own emotion? Right. So Max, can you be uncomfortable? <laughs> I, I will channel Max in this moment because my yoga teacher said he will ask a group of people, how many of you 
as a young child, we're taught to manage your emotions and the emotions of those around you. And then he would say, raise your hand if you learn CPR. And all of the hands would go up. Yep. It's like, that's what we focus on. Like, some people, like your children... I know that they're emotionally sound. <laughs> and that they know. I work so hard at it. <laughs> but, I mean, so many of us, and we're getting so much better. So kudos to all of you parents out there that are the sandwich generation. We talk about, like, yeah. people. I talked with Johnny about, like, our parents never dealt with it. Our, we're trying to teach our children. And here we are in the middle of trying to make everybody okay with emotions and mental health. Yeah. And normalizing things because guess what the more you talk about it the easier it gets like we in our minds mess with ourselves being like this is terrible this is a bad idea just keep it to yourself but all you gotta do is say it and the other person doesn't even need to respond but guess what if they do it's probably not going to go that bad yeah it might be awkward maybe as, especially maybe. if the other person is not good at dealing with negative i was gonna emotion. say it depends on what it the other on the person. person yeah but i do think i mean i think you just need to say it and everyone can hear it you can talk about it with your children you can talk about it with your friends you can talk about it with your family truthfully anyone that is going to listen and you'll know in the moment whether or not they can handle it yeah. because just by their reaction you can tell right. and i think it's important like Christy, like you said, we need to cultivate that this is normal. It is normal to experience loss. Everyone does. It's normal to experience change and it's normal to grieve it. And we need to normalize grief, especially Mm -hmm. right now, because everyone is experiencing some type of grief right now. And some people really to the extreme of not being able to provide for their families or losing their jobs and things like that. The number of people right now that are on unemployment, the number of people that are going to be on unemployment for so long. Mm -hmm. I have, my sister is in, my older sister is in the theater industry. Oh. It's awful right now. And I have a couple clients who work in theater. And at this point, they're talking about not returning until 2022. Like, they're not talking about returning in 2021. They were for a, a hot second. But now, I just heard earlier today, the repercussions of all of this for the next year and a half. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Until we can all actually get together and go to a performance. So there's like grieving the loss of our ability to go and enjoy that type of art form. Yeah. There's grief and loss connected to the people who this is their life. This is what they're doing. Like I have a client who works in stage management and she's like, I, I guess I'll go find something else to do for the next year and a half like right do, I, I don't know what to do what do you do in those times and it's really there are no right answers there are no wrong answers there's just like you're gonna have to go out and try some stuff and see how it feels and allow yourself to be mad and be disappointed and be hurt and be so frustrated that this is the position that we're all in yeah and to know that what you are dealing with is your own experience. So nobody else gets to tell you you're right, you're wrong. Yeah. You get to make that your own, like what you're going through. So I feel like I talk to people all the time. You're living your own story. So when you look back, you're going to be like, oh, and when this was going on, this is what was happening. And it's so interesting to me because I remember 
talking with my one grandmother about the depression and she has since passed away and I was like so what was going on like what was it like like it's <laughs> almost like some sort of like magical yeah. time of this and she was like yeah we were just living our lives <laughs> we couldn't really do this we couldn't really do that and I was like oh that like it was just normal so for you kind of boring <laughs> like you live this amazing part of history and when I talk to my niece and nephew now like you're living history right now and my niece is like what does that mean and I was like Gabby you're 10 so if you're 30 and you decide to have children at some point in your life somebody is going to say what what were you doing during this time of history when yeah. like the pandemic was happening and all this racial and she was just like her eyes got really big and it was like we need to realize that what we're doing now matters and it matters for the future yeah. so i feel like when it comes to grief and loss it's really hard to find meaning and purpose in that but totally. if, if but if we can take it out of again what we had envisioned it with that situation and looked at what is available to us right now like yeah. we have a little bit a little bit more control it's and i do not say that lightly or to say like this should be easy because no. it's not easy yeah not at all well and there are a lot of different things that you can do that might help you to deal with if you have lost a loved one during this time or mm. any time but since we're talking about the pandemic that it's really important that you're connecting with other people and finding ways to do that. So obviously, if you have people that you can safely meet up with in some way, shape, or form in person, that would be amazing. Um, hugging with masks is weird, but it's <laughs> but it's safer, so yeah. you can do that. But also, you know, as much as maybe we want to see people in person, you can invite people to do Zoom calls or Skype calls or have time to connect with people. Well, another thing that I've known people to do with like kind of wake yeah. things almost is to have an outdoor venue while we can still, we're in the north, we're in Pittsburgh, so like while it's still kind of good weather, weather. weather-ish, but having people and giving them time slots oh, so that yeah. you're not like, this starts at one and you have a hundred people show up, but you're like, here's your family's time slot and yes. that you just kind of keep it moving and if people regard. can't come even just letting them know like at this time on this day we're all going here's here's a prayer or here's a saying yeah. or here's something that we can all do at the same time in our own respective places so again something that you can maybe just connect with in that way sharing like we talked about before sharing of memories but sharing of photos sharing of I know that like recently last year, oh, maybe it's been two years. God, time. What is time anymore? Right? Uh, a friend of mine passed away and I had text messages and voicemails on my phone mm. that were left from him and being able to listen to those, but also share those with his loved ones was really meaningful. Yeah. And so simple things like that, like, do you have a message or an email or uh, a voicemail from someone who has passed away that you can share with other people is important. I think that that's great. And also like kind of gathering the things that make you feel good about that person. Like yeah, something that makes you laugh. Um, I've done for some of my pets who have passed um, scrapbooks or their yeah. favorite things. And just to be like, Oh yeah. Like 
that's a happy thing. Like, well, we and asking people to contribute to it again. Like, do they have photos? Do they yes. have stories that they can add to things or whatever? And I love that. So when I'm at the caring place for volunteering, and when we do our quilt square night, it's a very, it's very emotional. A lot of families kind of feel like they dread it, but it's their chance for putting everything into one square about this person and it's a fun night for so much of them it is emotional too but it is just like oh my gosh and remember they love this thing and we need to make sure that we include this and this person that and it's again i know i said it earlier in the podcast but it's the stories and if you feel like the stories are going to make the people feel worse they're they're actually kind of like bomb like a healing bomb i think people are worried because like if i tell this story i see you get emotional and start to cry i've upset you nope nope it wasn't you that upset me i'm already upset you just maybe gave me an opportunity to express some of that or release some of it and release Mm -hmm. some of it which actually helps it is helpful Mm -hmm. we need to experience and express our emotion it's so important and as someone who is grieving, we often feel like we're burdening other people with the grief that we have. And so if you allow space to share memories, to share stories where I can release some emotion, whether it be laughter or tears or sadness or whatever, that's helpful. And it's important to do that. Totally helpful. And I feel like as I sit here and think back to like the days and weeks, probably months, that I relied on mainly like my really good friends and my sisters. And I'm like, man, I probably was like saying the same story over and over again. And the only thing 10 years later that I can think about now is, wow, that person was really there for me. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what they said. I just remember they were a person who opened up their heart and their ears to listen when I needed them the most. Right. To provide you that support. Absolutely. And that's what's so important is asking. We've said this before, but we're going to reiterate it. Asking help from others. It's so important. And you don't even have to be like, I need your help. You could just be like, hey. Do you want to come over and watch a movie? Yeah. Or what's your availability next yeah. week? Give them an opportunity to say, like, this is the time that I have open and seeing if that works. Can we grab lunch? Can we just chat on the phone? Can we, Whatever. Whatever it might be is helpful. And if you need additional support in terms of finding a therapist or talking with someone, whether it be a spiritual advisor or whatever, those support groups are really great, especially for specific grief and losses are really important. Those are all things that can be really beneficial. Connecting with people that understand if you're concerned about the burden on your own friends or family or whatever, going to a therapist or going to a support group might help kind of mitigate some of that. I'm not maybe feeling like I'm burdening them so much because you're all going through it. You're all here at the support group already or, well, you're my therapist. So yeah, of course you're going to listen. You're not going to judge me, you know, things like that. That can be really helpful. I love being like, well, I'm here for you. And people are like, well, well of yeah, course. you have to be. I'm like, no, actually, I don't. I always, well, yeah, you're paid to be here. It's like, well, I, I'm still choosing to be here and work with you. That's so funny. So, yes, I think that that's very important. And also allowing yourself 
This may be a hard thing to digest, so I'm going to give you a second to <laughs> prepare ourselves. Prepare yourself for it, but you can feel joy in your life. You can be happy. Yes. You can smile. You can enjoy something that's happening because it almost feels like if I go on with my life, that means this didn't matter, uh-huh. and that is not the case. No. And I want to make that like really abundantly clear to people to like it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter and it doesn't discount that person at all. But I know that people know that's what that person would want for them. You know what I mean? To, to take what they can from that relationship and to also move on with their life. And it's difficult and it's hard. And it's why part of the caring place, it's creating new meaning. Like this is the way things were. We need to shift them into like a new way of being. Yeah. And it's still sad and it's still okay to be like, okay, at Thanksgiving or whenever we do this ritual for the people that we really miss and that aren't at our table anymore, so to speak. Well, and sometimes it doesn't even have to be that big. Like one of the main reasons that I'm a therapist is because of my mother. Mm -hmm. When she passed away, we're going through all this medical stuff she had colon cancer and that's what she passed from. And there was a lot of things that she had to go through in terms of chemo, radiation, all this kind of stuff. It, it allowed me to find purpose in Mm -hmm. just like dealing with the fact that she was struggling with this and inevitably passing. Like we knew that she was going to pass away and that really solidified in me how much I wanted to be of service and Mm -hmm. help and initially I thought it was going to be that I was going to be a doctor. <laughs> I got to college and that didn't work out. <laughs> That's okay because it led me to realizing that this was actually more so the path that I was meant to be on. And so whether it's something... And here we are. And podcast, here we are. Look so, at us. Right? And so it might be something that you create in terms of a ritual or it might be something that you internalize in terms of this is... This is what this experience led me to do, led mm-hmm. me to realize about myself, led me to, I don't know, find again, find meaning. And I feel like that that is the heart of everything. We just want to feel like our lives have meaning and purpose, and they do. Yes. So anything outside of that is just like our ego's way of distracting ourselves from our life and our work so i feel like if you're tied to that and again reaching out i can't say enough how beneficial mental health therapy is yeah especially if you're going through grief and loss and just being like hey this is the space where i deal with all of the things and then maybe you can feel like you're not putting burdens on other people. Yeah. You know, like they are just your supports. Especially if it's like when we lose someone that is really, really important to us, or if there's a a loss that is extended for some reason, like you've lost a job like during this pandemic and it's not going to come back anytime soon. There's definitely, I think a period of time where people are there for us. Right. And then they're kind of like, and we've moved on. Right. And that's where it can be really beneficial to have that, I have a therapist, I have a support group, I have people who are maybe going through the same thing and they haven't moved on from this. I'm still dealing with it. You know, I haven't moved on from it. And so it's nice to know the people that you have that you can still reach out to even when other people are maybe have already moved on from 
being able to offer that support or hold that space for you. Good point. Very good point. The other thing I just want to touch on really quick, maybe, or maybe not so quick, is children a little bit. I know you talked about the caring place. You have a lot of experience in terms of dealing with kids that are coping with grief. I think it's really important that we understand that even though it might not look like grief is affecting children, it really is. At least during the pandemic, this has been really hard on our kids. School was completely interrupted. Like my kids left school on a Friday, March 13th, and never went back. And it is still affecting them. Mm -hmm. Before school started, I think it was before. Again, time is irrelevant now. (laughs) Um, At some point in in the recent past... Um, I was just, I check in with my kids. How are you doing? What's going on? How are you feeling about this whole pandemic? How are you feeling about being stuck at home? How are you feeling about doing school at home? How are you feeling about all these things? Because this is grief for them. They are experiencing grief and loss because of this. My oldest son said, you know, I'm just having a really hard time. He's like, I feel tired all the time. That's what he said. I feel tired all the time. It doesn't matter how much I sleep. I still feel tired. Mm. And I said, same, same. same. I feel the exact same <laughs> I was way. Gonna say, yes. I'm with you, buddy. Same. And then he said, and it was so profound. And I didn't even, I said, how are you doing? And he said the sleep thing. And I was like, I know me too. And he goes, I just feel scared, but there isn't anything to be scared of. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, That is the most profound thing. And I think that it's important to realize that our children are also really struggling Mm -hmm. with this stuff. And I said, you know what? That is the perfect way to put it because I feel that same way too. There are moments where I'll go throughout my day, even like today, we're here, we're having a good time, me and Christy, we're, you know, hanging out, doing this podcast. It feels normal. And then there are moments where you're like, but it's not. So we, we have this constant push and pull that's pulling us in and out of this. When I feel like the moments when it's not is also like so much of this unknown, which irritates the hell out of me because like, (laughs) not just you, if we could get a test every day and be like, I have it, I don't have it. Right. That day I have it, I don't have it. But to like take those risks and to be like, to never know I can be in this space with this person for this amount of time. Maybe I should have a mask in this situation, but right. nobody else really does. And do I want to put myself in a restaurant and then to have people? So you have like your, my brother, I love him. He, as a construction worker, he's a very good therapist. But he <laughs> says, stay out of the extremes. Most of us are in the middle. And I'm yeah. like, yes, it it's is. True. And it's so hard to navigate that to be like, I don't know what risk other people are taking and I don't know like who I can trust with those sort of things. So, and it's like, exhausting. It, it It's all. And so I came up, you love analogies. I do. I don't know if this is a good one or not, <laughs> but I called it the vegetable soup analogy. So <laughs> I told my client, I'm like, you're making a vegetable soup and you have too many vegetables. <laughs> like every responsibility is a vegetable and then all of a sudden like you don't have it's the broth. just all vegetables there's no juice there's no juice to like hold the stuff together and it's just like too much and it's like i'm trying to do this and i'm trying to do that yeah. and i'm trying to do that so, and i've sopped up all the juice 
ridiculous. I agree. It's, it is. And it's, and so not only are you experiencing this, but so are your kids. Yeah. Ask them questions to figure out where they're at. Very simple. Literally, I just check in and I just say, how are you doing with all this pandemic stuff? Is pretty much what I say. And then I just let them talk to me. And from what I've heard from my nephew, who's eight and so cute, (laughs) but he was like, I just miss my friends. Like it is. I love being at school with people. (laughs) With people, he said. With people, just people. Well, and I have friends who their kids feel the same way. Uh, My youngest son has developed more anxiety because of this. So he is the most social person ever, and this has actually caused him to be a little bit like he gets nervous, not when he leaves the house, but when he's not with me or my husband. Right. And you know what I did? I got him in therapy. <laughs> so he's meeting with the school counselor yeah. weekly to do therapy, and they're working on addressing and his anxiety. school counselors, yay yes. for them. Yes, school counselors. Access your school counselor. I said to Gabby, she's in fifth grade. Yes. In Fox Chapel School District in Pittsburgh here. And I was listening, and I was like, what class are you in? Because her main teacher is amazing and he's so funny. I just like to listen to him because he makes fun of the kids. But she was like, oh, that's our school counselor. They did a class on empathy. Yep. And she had a song and she had this and I was like, yes, school counselors Mm -hmm. are killing it. They are. Along with the teachers, like, they're finding ways of, like, dealing with things in absolute difficult times. But this is also going to help them I feel like the school districts who really were spot on early on were the ones that already had this in place. Yes. So if you have a snow day, you should be able to have class online. Yeah. Like your teachers there. There they at are. At their house. Mm-hmm. Doing whatever. So I feel like this is honestly like in my heart of hearts. I know how hard this pandemic is, but I know that there are a lot of silver linings to come that we don't even know yet. There's somebody that uh, my sister-in-law is in a research class. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had a flashback of we don't do a lot of research studies with people because of the ethical concerns. But when something accidental happens, you get a hell of a lot of research. You do. So I feel like here we're we're going to be learning a lot. We don't know what's going to come out of what we are gaining from this experience. We just know that we have to day by day be the ones that are dealing with it. And again, like my grandmother who was like, oh, this is, that was just that was day just life. life. <laughs> okay. We don't have bread all of the time. And I guess we just have to learn how to deal with that. Hand sanitizer is out. And why is grandma wiping down the groceries? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's a thing and we just need to know that we're in it together and again that talking about things reaching out to our closest circle that, getting that's, support if you need it that's all we really have at this moment yeah just know that we're all in this together we're all experiencing the same type of emotional reactions and responses to just dealing with the pandemic and also, again, it, like we said before, if you're also on top of that, dealing with another loss, a primary loss of a loved one or a job, just know you're not alone in what you're experiencing. And reaching out now is more important than ever. Like than it's, ever. It's 
difficult to get into a mental health place at this point. But like, reach out to us if you need any recommendations because my goodness, it is a time where you need that your own outlet and then you can manage the rest of your yeah. life like separate from yeah. that. Like have your own space. Well, and there are a lot of options. There's, you know, if you work for a company that has an EAP, an employee assistance program, a lot of times you can get some counseling sessions for free. Uh, if you have insurance, you can look on psychology today to try to find a therapist. You can also call your insurance company to get names of people who are close to you. There is a lot of online help as well. Websites like better health or something like that. I think there is a lot of support out there. There are online support groups because a lot, because again, uh, trying to be safe during this time, a lot of the support groups that did meet in person have moved to online. You are not alone. Get support. Reach out if you need it. Yes. And thank you always for listening. And we're always open to suggestions and questions and comments. So please let us know. Yes. Message us on Facebook. You can go to our website and drop a, there's like a submission form if you have anything that you would like to have us discuss or hear more about, we'd love to hear from you. Sending all of you lots of positive love and light, especially if you're managing some difficult things during this time. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen. And Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.